Hey Accounting Nation, Adrian Law here, CPA, CA, and host of the Vancouver Accounting Experience. Uh, hopefully everyone is doing well, having a great week. And if you're here in Canada, well, I'd like to wish you a very happy uh, Canada Day. Um, so this is a very special episode uh, of the Vancouver Accounting Experience. Uh, my guest, Jonas Kwong, uh, who is the Senior Internal Auditor at Tech Resources, is here to join us. Uh, he holds a CPA, CISA, and CIA designation. So if you ever wanted to know anything about obtaining your CISA or working as a, an IT auditor or an internal auditor, or even if you just wanted to hear what his story and experiences are uh, as an accountant, this is the episode for you. So stick around and let's get right into it. Welcome to the Vancouver Accounting Experience, the podcast where accountants share their stories, their careers, their experiences, and their special moments of inspiration they encountered along the way to their professional designation. And now your host, Adrian Law. And welcome to the podcast. This is the uh, Vancouver Accounting Experience. I'm your host, Adrian Law, CPACA, accounting coach and mentor. And this is the podcast for accounting students and uh, aspiring CPAs. And on this episode, we have a very special guest. It's uh, Jonas Kwong, who is the Senior Internal Auditor at Tech Resources. And uh, Jonas, uh, welcome to the program and uh, say hello to Accounting Nation. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to say I'm a fan of the show, and I really appreciate what you're trying to do here to help uh, accounting students navigate this crazy industry. Oh, <laughs> well, really thank you very I much. A, yeah, really wish I had a mentor like you when I first started. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> that, and that is very flattering. I'm very flattered. Thank you so much. Um, I also... Yeah, I don't think I really had a mentor. I think I make a better mentor than I do a mentee. Uh, but you're right. Usually there aren't too many, I guess, resources um, like a mentor available. I guess it depends on which program. What do you tell us a bit about um, like your career background, like maybe where you are currently? Obviously, people know now your internal auditor at Tech Resources, but maybe give us just a, like a really brief uh, background. Sure. Uh, so right now I'm working as a senior internal auditor for Tech Resources Limited. Mm -hmm. So I've only been there for about a year. Uh, prior to that, I did uh, about six months at an internal auditor at Collier's International. It's a commercial brokerage. Yep. Uh, sh before that, I worked at BDO Canada, Vancouver office for about three years. Okay. And prior to that, I worked at uh, another small CA firm. Um, and they since changed the name, so I don't think anyone know. <laughs> okay, yeah, no worries, no worries. And before that, it was just university? Yeah, so before that, I actually did some IT. Uh, so after I graduated, I worked as a support analyst at UBC IT. Me too. Really? <laughs> it may not be the same department. Were you, were you like the main IT department? Yeah, so I worked at uh, UBC IT for full-time, and before that, I worked at Arts IT and Solder IT. Okay, I worked with Arts ISIT. <laughs> Small world, right? Uh, with, uh, with, the, with Gary. And, yeah, Gary Chan, right? <laughs> with Gary and, and Roy. I don't know if Roy was still there when you Roy were there. Dario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that's so, uh, but it, it was just more like when I was going through the DAP program, 
when I so I, I changed careers. I used to be a cook. I mean, a lot a lot of my listeners might kind of like know my background, but if you don't, I used to be a cook. I changed careers when I was like you know in my 30s, and um, I had enough money saved, but I thought it'd be great to have like a part-time job uh, on campus because you know on the DAP. I don't know how familiar you are with DAP program. It's like essentially like night school starts at whatever five or six so i found this job for arts isit it didn't really require a lot of you know very heavy technical it skills it was more like problem solving and dealing with uh, you know clients that kind of so more like interpersonal that kind of stuff and the rest of the stuff i just found you could google it to find the answer right so but it was a great part-time job uh, because it was very flexible and uh it was it was fun it was fun yeah, so how long were you there great time I was only there for about a year, and then I transitioned okay. out and into UBC IT. So that was another okay. was nine months. Yeah, so okay. total about two years uh, working as an IT analyst. And yeah, that so... that was before um, that was before joining the CA firms. So what made you decide to um, get into the CA program or the CPA program? It was actually I actually did the same thing as you because I did DAP, and then at the time it was night school. And I was mm. able to work morning and then go to school at night. Right. And then, yeah, so it kind of worked out really well for me. And I was able to graduate without uh, any student debt. So really That's thankful fantastic. that I, I had that opportunity to work for mm. those guys. Yeah. Okay. So was it like one moment that hit you that made you decide that uh, like accounting with the IT would be a kind of like a very good, I guess, synergy for a future career? Or were you more interested in like the accounting? Yeah, so to be quite honest with you, um, I started out studying for actuarial science, and I was in physics okay. at the time. Uh, right. My major was in physics, and then um, I wanted to use my math skills, so I mm-hmm. took a whole bunch of these actuarial science exams, and but I couldn't find a job. Right. And okay. Then, talking to a friend of mine, and he he's actually an actuary, and he told me the actuary is actually quite his path career path is quite limited, um, and he advised that I should maybe I should look into accounting. Uh, it's pathway it's wider i guess you can mm, try right. different things after you get your ca mm-hmm. and it sounds interesting to me because i also took two classes in as my uh electives back in the day i see and it wasn't too hard so i was like well, maybe i can do it so i just kind okay. of i head in <laughs> fantastic fantastic yeah. okay awesome and then so when you were at uh, the public accounting firms were you in audit no, it's like a sm- really small, uh, kind of like a full service firm. I would say maybe 60% of my time was spent in tax. And oh, okay. And the time would be in either audit or reviews. Or Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so a little bit of everything, I would say. Right. No, that, that's very, so that's good. I mean, it's very, I guess, uh, rounds out all your skills. Uh, very different from my experience. I went to PwC in... Um, in uh, audit and assurance for the mining industry, so it was very, it was very targeted, um, and uh, there was, you know, limited. I mean, there were opportunities to move around, uh, but not, not so much for me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I find with my experience at BDO as well. Is the firm is big enough for you to kind of um, try different things, and mm-hmm. if you have that interest, you can always raise it with your manager, and then they can always try to accommodate you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. And then so um, then then you left BDO and then you joined Tech Resources uh, in internal audit. Is that, did I get that right? 
Yeah, so I did uh, a short time, about six months at Colliers International. As oh, a yeah, that's right. As well. yeah, yeah, so that was, I guess, a bit short. <laughs> and then I quit and I went to um, Tech Resources. Okay, so did you know, I guess when you left BDO, did you have an interest in uh, internal audit? For me, yeah. I left PwC not really knowing really much about internal audit. So I, so it's really on me. It's kind of my fault. I didn't really do a lot of research. And only through work experience did I find out that, you know, internal audit versus external audit, it's almost like a completely different career. Yeah. Um, so my last four months at BDO, I actually transferred out of audit and I went into mm-hmm. this uh, small department called risk advisory mm, right at the time i didn't really know what risk advisory is until i got mm-hmm. there and then it turns out it's just internal audit oh, okay <laughs> so i was basically I see. doing uh socks audits uh for a large uh international company and i thought I it see. was interesting because they're kind of paying us to do audits uh they actually want us there instead of like being like in an external audit um kind of they pay you but then they actually don't really want you there because they just have to get these things mm, out right right yeah, so, yeah it's almost it sounds like the same but it's actually quite different from the perspective is different right yes totally yeah <laughs> very interesting and so um i guess what did you like or didn't like about internal audit at colliers was it just like the organization was it like kind of like the role or was it you were just looking for something else yeah so i think my background um it's a bit of everything, right? So I have my, mm. at the time I already have my CPA, I have my CISA, I have my CIA. So um, I like to try different things. I like mm-hmm. I like my roots as an accountant. So I don't mind doing like financial related audits, like the SOX audits, but I also wanted to understand the business. And I also wanted to do IT audits. And when I was right. at Collier's, uh, it was strictly a SOX position. Right. Um, I find that I wasn't using any of my two other skill set, which I thought if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Mm. So I actively uh, went and looked for another one that kind of has all three and tech mm. resources. Very luckily, um, I was able to find tech like relatively quickly, like within like two months and they have like all three things that I wanted and mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a good match for me. So. No, that's fantastic. I really enjoyed my time in internal audit at Tech Resources. I think it was really, it's a role that you could be, you know, it, it could be as much as we really, you put into it. I mean, the organization is so huge. So it's really, there's this all kinds of work uh, that is very varied. Um, so just to give uh, Accounting Nation a bit of background, some of you might not know. So SOX audits, those are essentially a compliance audit to, for SOX, which is really if your organizations, you know, you're, you're filing on like the New York Stock Exchange, usually it's a requirement to have your controls as well as your financial reports audited. Um, and then what else was I thinking? Oh, maybe uh, Jonas, you, could you explain to, uh, uh, you know, Accounting Nation what the CISA and CIA are? Yeah, sure. The CISA stands for uh, Certified Information System Auditor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically, another destination you can get uh, once you have enough IT audit experience. And right. I guess, <laughs> do I have to explain what IT audits are? You know, I, I myself have never really been on an IT audit. And uh, I, I think there's always a misunderstanding as to what an IT audit is. 
Um, so if you have a clear understanding, I, I'd love to hear your explanation. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if this is like technically 100% correct, but that's, fine. that's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like say, for example, when I think about financial statement audit, right? Like it's a risk-based audit on a set of financial mm-hmm. statements or information to test management's assertions, to do enough work to issue an opinion on whether the financial statements are free from material misstatement. Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. parallel to that, to IT audits would be, um, it's risk-based audit on either an IT system to test the data integrity, data confidentiality, data availability. Um, these are so-called the CIA. The three things stands for the CIA. And, okay, um, I see, yep. Yeah, so you're testing management's assertions on whether if any of those are compromised in an IT system. Mm-hmm. So that's how I think about it. Right. And so it could be s- sort of similar, I guess, um, testing procedures that you might find for like financial audits or something they might use similarly with like a IT audit. I guess some of them are similar, such as you would still walk through the process with the control owners to understand the, the process, how it works, mm-hmm. uh, assessing the design effectiveness of the control. Right. So that part right. would be the same. Um, in terms of obtaining evidence, getting screenshots, um, getting selecting samples, and then substantively testing to make sure the controls are actually in place. So those things are actually pretty similar. Yeah. So I would okay. say I would say that's a fair. Yeah. Um, and then what is something that is completely, you know, like completely different? I always feel in my mind. I don't know why, but in my mind, this is like my pure ignorance around IT audits. So my hand is up. Like I don't really know much about it. <laughs> and Zonita, <laughs> Zonita, who is obviously a manager at internal audit at Tech Resource, has tried to explain and has given me a lot of like you know reading material. But I always thought it was you know really using other computers to 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 look into what the IT system that you're auditing and that you know, machine might kind of looking into another machine to verify into whatever system integrity that you're looking at. But it doesn't sound like that's the case. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I guess like a lot of times when you talk to, like say you audit someone, right? Like you audit doing a financial statement audit. Sometimes they would tell you, yeah, it, it comes out of the system as if, if it comes out of a system, then it's accurate. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true, right? Because like, essentially you're treating it like a black box so what mm-hmm. happens if there's something going on in the black box someone might have put in like a like a code snippet in there uh changing something right um, causing some um might be unintentionally causing some issues with your with your financial statements and you wouldn't mm-hmm. know yeah mm-hmm. so i guess it audits would be focused on not focused but one aspect of it would be to ensuring that there are processes in place to ensure that the data going in are good and the data coming mm-hmm. out are also good. Mm, right. Someone could be like, I guess, yeah, like writing code to change the fundamental underlying program sort of thing. Either that or there could be bugs. Most often, okay. they're just bugs. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So what drew you? I mean, so obviously that kind of, you already had the internal audit experience and then you had your CPA designation. Um, and so it must, was it just something natural that you decided to, I guess the certification CIA and CISA, those are, are certificates that you had to study for the CISA. I've, I've actually written one part. So that is, uh, reading material and then writing an exam. I can't remember how many, it's like 150 multiple choice questions. Is that same with CISA as well? 
Yes, it's very similar. So there's only one exam. I think it was a four-hour exam. Okay. Yeah, so the, the exam part wasn't the challenging part. The challenging part is getting the experience. So you have to have oh, uh, right. uh, five years of ex total professional experience, but two years can be waived with your uh, bachelor's degree. Uh, one year can be a uh, substitute for uh, any audit experience, and then two years of IT audit experience. Oh, I see. Interesting. So okay, so that, two that years. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So you can supplement it with, you mentioned some university work and then some uh, external audit work, but then two years has to be uh, IT related audits. That's correct. Yes. All right. So people might struggle with that piece uh, if they're not already an IT auditor. So you might have to be hired on as yourself, like an internal auditor somewhere where they also do IT audits, or you'll have to find somewhere that you can get that experience. Yeah, so I was really lucky when I was at BDO. Um, I had the opportunity to work for someone who was also a CISA. And okay. he was basically responsible for doing all the IT audits um, in the West, like Western part of Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, I was his only staff. <laughs> Oh, okay, interesting. So I ended up actually getting my most of my experience when I was uh when I was at BDO. Oh, fantastic. No, yeah. I think that I mean it's it sounds like yeah, you've had the right mix of experience and 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 education and also like a good mix uh across your designations and your certification. No, for sure. I think that uh yeah, it's very valuable for your career. Um so is it some is some is uh and be, doing IT audits is that for everyone or is that um you know only for someone interested in like computers like you know I guess if we have students who are listening who might be interested in um, like a CISA or doing an IT audits you know is there something they can like look out for or what they might be uh, interested in? Um, so I don't think you have to be too technical. Um, my boss, like back in the day, my boss didn't have a computer science background as well, and he was a CPA, CA, uh, mm -hmm. accounting, accountant uh, graduate. Right. Um, it's good to have a little bit of background because I, like I said, I worked in uh, IT for a while, and mm -hmm. when you're working doing IT audits, you have to deal with IT people, and sometimes they might not know uh, that you don't know some terms. And they oh, I see. Going around right. technical terms. They might assume that yeah, the the people asking questions are also computer, you know, very technically uh, savvy. Correct. Yeah. Mm, so, I see. Yeah, that's something to look out for to know at least a little bit about some of the technical terms. Um, but once you write the CISA study for the CISA, then I would say you know at least some of the basics, at least mm -hmm. some of the foundational uh, right knowledge. Then mm -hmm. that's helpful as well. Um, but a big part okay. of it is keeping up to date with your um, with your professional development. Um, right, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I did you get your CISA at uh, Colliers or was that at, was that at BDO? It was the most of the experience was with BDO. Yeah. Okay, I see. And so they help you with like the with the certification fees and and gave you some time to like write the exams that sort of thing. Yep, they pay for it. They gave me all the experience. They. Uh, they gave me a week off to write it. It wasn't anything like the CFI, like the CPA CFI. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to compare the two destinations, uh, the C CISA, um, in terms of the, I don't know if that's, <laughs> uh, 
it's way more involved than CPA. Let's just say, yeah, right. your program is two years long, and you have to take four or five courses. You have to write a multi-day final exam. Whereas mm-hmm. for CISA, you basically buy a book, uh, study for the MCQ questions, mm-hmm, write mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, practice exams, and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the I guess the requirements to obtain a certification is much less rigorous, uh, which is which is fine. I mean, that's that's why it's, it almost can be like a supplemental certification to having like your CPA designation or other people who are interested who aren't accountants can also get into um, IT audits, so that sort of thing. So that that completely that that makes sense. Um, would, all right, fantastic. Fair. Yeah, I would say that's a fair, fair way to say it. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think similarly the CIA as well. For those interested in becoming, uh, you know, just an internal auditor and have no interest in, you know, having like you mentioned, like two-year program and multiple modules, can also get into internal audit uh, from like another field um, just by completing the CIA uh, certification as well. That's right. For me, I actually found it quite tedious, <laughs> which is why I kind of gave up on it. I, like when I was at Tech Resources, they were very, they were, you know, they were very uh, supportive of me obtaining like my CIA as well. And I, I was interested in doing it. Um, but I, for me, that's just me. I have trouble just kind of like reading the books and then going through the motions. And some of it, some of it is a bit of like, you know, memorizing which is, you know, I guess is that's just the way of sometimes these like multiple choice exams, the way they're structured. So it is a lot of like memorizing, but you know, some of like the concepts were very relevant and, you know, they were very important to understand them as well. But I just had trouble kind of like going through reading the material and kind of like writing the exam. Uh, so I, I kind of like gave up after one module. So that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to you for completing, you know, those, those certifications for sure. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, um, any any specific? I mean, for for those listening, Accounting Nation, you know, if they're they're students in accounting, and uh, you know, maybe want to pick your brain. Do you have any like specific insights on like your career that was kind of like an aha moment, or do you have any advice for anyone kind of like still in university? Yeah, so I guess um, build a strong network with your peers and managers. Um, so I'm talking in a, in a firm, right? In a firm's mm-hmm. context. Um, cause these people are, um, they're not static. They're, they're also constantly growing with you as, as you grow your career and they won't mm-hmm. stay at the firm forever. So by the time you, uh, you move on as everyone do, <laughs> you yeah, move on and sure. out of the firm, they also go somewhere else. And now you don't just know 16 or 20 people at one firm. Now, you know, 16 people at six different firms. So they Mm -hmm. kind of become like your professional network. And if you spend time to cultivate those relationships, they become extremely valuable. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, just think of all the people that uh, I've met at PwC who have joined me on like the podcast just to like, I mean, I've just kind of reached out to them just by working with them. And then now they're all, you know, uh, working at different organizations. Some of them are still at the firm, but uh, absolutely, for sure. It's like um, ex- expanding really your personal and professional network. Um, so it's always a good thing. For sure, yep. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, so what's coming up for you? I mean, I'm assuming 
you're not really traveling for uh, work, or are you still traveling for tech resources? Nope, I'm stuck at home. Uh, <laughs> all my audits are work from home audits, remote audits. Okay. I mean, that was something I really enjoyed was all the travel. Um, I know it could get a bit tedious sometimes, but um, I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the reason why I, I enjoy audits as well is to be able to travel a different site, mm -hmm. uh, travel different towns, towns that like you never even heard of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just a uh, bummer, but what can you do, right? <laughs> okay. So what what are you, um, is there anything like, you know, something that you're excited about that's coming up um, for the year of what, you know, anything, it could be like a personal hobby or uh, an event or charity, something you want to promote or, or talk about? Yeah. So um, I have a couple of projects going on right now. Uh, I started a um, tiny bookkeeping and tax firm with a friend of mine on the side. Uh, okay. Right now, we're not really uh, doing any marketing. We just have a handful of clients because we have uh, both of us full, hold full-time jobs. Yeah. And you're just kind of doing it on the side for fun. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is um, accounting services? Yeah. So we're doing uh, compilation, bookkeeping, uh, basic tax compliance, uh, public practice stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Fantastic. Well, here is your here's your uh, platform to talk about. What what's tell us tell us uh, what's the name of your business and uh, yeah go go for the whole spiel. Sure. Um, so the firm is called Kwong and Lee Accounting Group. So basically, mm -hmm. uh, me and my friends um, last name um, and okay. we do basic um, compilation bookkeeping tax services right now for owner managed businesses. And okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if your audience is looking for a bookkeeper, hit me, hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, we don't have a website right now because we're not really focusing on growing. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. But you you already have clients. Yeah, we do. Uh, we we have a few friends who um, uh, refer clients to us before mm -hmm. we started. So we kind of got that going before we uh, dive head in. <laughs> okay. No, that's that's awesome. So it's uh, so that was Kwong and Lee. Um, so I guess a full, yeah, Kwong and the accounting and a full suite of, uh, like, uh, accounting services. Um, and, uh, if anyone is interested for sure, they can uh, contact you through LinkedIn, right? Yep. Fantastic. And while you mentioned there was another, something else that, uh, that you're up to. Yeah. So I'm doing a CPA BC, um, tutoring. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm a facilitator as well. So I'm on the tutor list with, uh, CPA BC. Um, so Fantastic. students can actually find my name on their tutor list. And um, I mostly do uh, case writing coaching. Uh, mm. I don't teach any technical uh, uh, skills, I guess. <laughs> no, I see. Uh, yeah. So if you, um, you want to work on your case writing skills, um, I can grade your case for you and then give you some feedback. Oh, fantastic! That's awesome. Okay, so this is a this is a service that you're offering, but it's it's uh, something that is uh, promoted through CPABC's website. So it's it's like matching students with tutors. Yeah, so that's correct. So basically, if you're a facilitator, so they would ask. They send out an email at the end of every module. They would ask you, uh, "Do you mind putting your, Do you mind us putting your name onto this list of tutors?" And mm. the list basically gets sent out to all the students um, across the country, I guess. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So how many how many students are you tutoring right now? Um, right now, I don't have any students right now because I'm going through the program. 
Um, oh, I see. Because of conflict of interest, I don't want to take on any students during that time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but Makes next sense. term or the winter term, uh, I might take on usually just one or two students. I, I don't take on like a whole bunch at once. Oh, okay, I see. And then this, is there a specific um, set number of hours that you uh, offer like the tutoring services or is it just depends whatever the student wants? No, it's really flexible. It's usually just a student, they might um, closer, getting closer to the exam, they might want to, like they have a practice case that uh, their facilitator hasn't graded for them. They can get me to grade it for them because my experience mm. as a facilitator that I can mm -hmm. grade it for just that one case and they can mm -hmm. pay me by the hour. And then I would just grade it, hop onto a call with them and then kind of just explain to them what could have gone better and things like that. Oh, okay. No, that that's awesome. So I guess it's a bit more, so I guess through the module students also get feedback, but this is kind of like the full grading and then also obviously all the feedback in depth as well. Yeah. So you get the same feedback guide from your uh, facilitator, but maybe not for this case. And also mm -hmm. you get maybe an hour or half an hour up to you um, with me on the phone and I can kind of walk you through why I give you a certain grade. Because sometimes oh, you get okay. a feedback guide and you don't, mm -hmm. you don't know. Like it's, mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's fantastic. That's awesome. I, there was no program like this that I was aware of when I was a CA student. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that's that's awesome. That's a great that's a great service to have. So do you do all? Are you facilitated for a specific module? Uh, so far, I've done Assurance and Core Two. Okay, I see. But then, are you able to be a a, a tutor for any module, or just also the same Assurance and Core Two? Uh, I would stick with the same, the ones that I've been facilitating so far. Okay, yeah. Those are the yeah. subject matter that I'm familiar with. For sure, yeah, that that, yeah. that totally makes sense. Oh, okay, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so if anyone's interested in looking for a tutor for Assurance in Core 2, they can find uh, Jonas on the CPABC website. Yep. Absolutely. No, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, anything else you want to share? No, I think that's pretty much it. More Thanks spot prawns, uh, spot prawns um, recipes. <laughs> <laughs> that will be coming from you. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Counting Nation, you may not. I mean, before before the podcast, we were just kind of like warming up, and then I found out that uh, you know that I, I guess Jonas was uh, maybe having some trouble with some spot prawns cooking. And uh, I have a bit of experience, um, so I just thought I'd kind of share. Best way to do, yeah, just don't overcook them. Yeah. <laughs> and your cookbook is coming out when? I don't have a cookbook. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I I'm like one of those cooks that really sticks with like the classics. I I just really enjoy like classic recipes. I'm so I'm terrible. I would be a terrible contestant on like Top Chef Canada or something because I have like no creativity. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's just me. That's good. <laughs> cool. Classic the best. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Well, hopefully, uh, counting nation, I hope you really enjoyed, um, our guest Jonas. Jonas, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your experiences. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 
So that's it for the podcast. Thank you, everyone. And once again, thank you to Jonas for joining me on the podcast and taking the time. And uh, I know he brought a lot of value to Accounting Nation. And Accounting Nation, I really appreciate you uh, listening in. And if you want to be able to join me on the podcast, whether as an accounting professional or even as a student, if you have any questions or want to have an opportunity to share your experiences so that others can learn from you, please Uh, reach out to me on any of the social media platforms. It's Adrian Law on LinkedIn, or you can also find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's at the Adrian Law. Uh, You know, I'm even on Facebook or even TikTok. So uh, don't be shy. Reach out to me and you could find yourself uh, on a spot on the podcast as well. And I'm really excited for uh, the next couple of weeks because I've lined up a couple of guests already and I'm very excited about the content that we're going to be bringing to you. So hopefully you find a lot of value in that. Until then, everyone, have a great night and I'm out. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, Please take a moment to follow, rate, and share the podcast. Tune in next time when your host, Adrian Law, delves into the wonderful world of Vancouver accounting experience.